You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's After Show. Hey, everybody. You know what time it is. It's time for the Almost Human After Show. I'm Matt Lieberman, and joining me on the panel tonight is uh, Zach Wilson, a dear friend. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Matt. Great. So uh, it's the first two episodes they aired over the weekend, uh, The Pilot and Skin, which is episode 102. Uh, we're going to be talking about them both. How What do you think of the, the show, Zach? I was excited for it uh, to be coming out, and I had a great time watching it. Well, I'm always excited when you get to see more science fiction on TV, and we've sure. seen more of that lately. I really liked it. Uh, I think... The episodes were really fun. The story arcs from like each one were fun. The characters could use some development. So yeah, far, but, but it's, it, it's, overall, I'm excited. I'm going to keep tuning in. It's early days. Yeah. Uh, the show is from J.H. Wyman, who was one of the producer, executive producers and showrunners on Fringe, which is one of my all-time favorite sci-fi shows. Uh, another J.J. Abrams production. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited to see this show getting off the ground. It's uh, we, we open on these title cards, like, in 2048, technology has assisted crime so much that uh, crime has risen 400%. Uh, and now everyone has to, all the cops have to work with these androids. And it's kind of an interesting allegory on racism and classism. You've got these, you've got this one uh, android who can feel and think similar to a human. You've got Dorian. And uh, his experience... We're going to get into it like in depth later on because I feel like we got more of that in the second episode than in the first episode. But uh, I'm very, very curious to see where it's going. They can have a lot of interesting stories about what it's like to feel like a second-class citizen, to not have control over your own destiny. There's a lot of cool ground that we can go in on that side. On the other end, we have this kind of compelling mystery of what happened on that raid. How did the syndicate find out? Uh, that Kennex was coming there to to raid them. That got his partner killed and got his leg blown off, and he's super pissed about it. Who is the syndicate? Who are, is the syndicate? Who's in the syndicate? Apparently, his ex girlfriend's in the syndicate, but maybe she's an android. I don't know. Uh, th- that a twist. That might be a jump, but like they were building, they were building a female uh, android body in the first episode. Am I wrong? There was in the evidence room. They like just zoomed over like Raiders of the Lost Ark they like zoom into this one thing that they're trying to find number 6663 right and it's a female android female android head for this or a female android but then the other when they were showing the Micron Red earlier they were showing some of the syndicate members gearing up for this for this takedown of the police station we're getting way ahead of ourselves <laughs> but I don't care um and they're building this female android body. It's missing a head. And, and folks, go back. Let me know. Yeah, let right, us, l- yeah. Let us know uh, if if I'm right or wrong, or if you saw that you thought that was weird too. Again, it may be a jump. Okay, let's talk about our gruff, grizzly hero, John Kennex, played by Carl Urban. I I thought he was great in the role. I'd w- I'll watch him do anything. He was great at first. All I'm looking at is like, all right, Doctor Bones is uh, into the SWAT team, right? And like Bones is a badass, yeah. blowing people's heads off. 
I don't know. He's he's fun. He's got that gruffness. He's got a little bit of levity, but he doesn't really know what to do with it. Yeah, kind of thing. Well, that's the thing. Is like he's great. He he's great at playing cantankerous, which builds for great comedy. Um, and I laughed out loud a few times across these two episodes of just like Dorian just sticking the knife in and twisting it. I I broke down i almost had to pause it a couple of times when Which he sticks part? the knife in his leg and the kids just run away <laughs> and they away. freak I'm out <laughs> and he's like don't you know or like i'm supposed to be the android shut up uh, why don't you go turn yourself off i'm gonna go eat an angry salad he just he's trying to have fun with the kids who doesn't like a little bit of gore humor yeah yeah no i don't like gore humor <laughs> someone sticks a knife in their leg i run like a small child yeah probably probably i've seen you run that way yeah um oh that scene was great too just like with the little kids because they're totally used to the the robots whereas this guy who's like 30 what 35 40 years yeah, old something he's like, that. like resistant to technology much the way it is today with like smartphones or touchscreens or whatever people yeah are, people that aren't used to it are like well there's that like is. weird divide you know and i feel like i see it in our generation of just like of people who were born before the internet was big and after the internet or before everyone had a cell phone and after everyone had a cell phone where they just accept it like i remember when we were young and you know aol came on the scene when we were like what like seven like yeah, six I, think I was in like fifth grade or something fifth grade when you had AOL? that's when i got it oh wow maybe are no you're older than me like a year yeah whatever but like it it, it came on like while we were kids and we were discovering it with the rest of the world versus being born into a world where that's just normal yeah so like absolutely these kids have seen androids everywhere for years. They know that the world is dangerous, that there's all this crime. Uh, they probably have all this advanced technology in their own homes, and it's not its not strange to them. It is to us. And you pointed out to me before the show a kind of interesting point that, like, if John Kennex is, like, 35 years old, he was probably born, like, today. Yeah, basically this year, the show is set 35 years in the future. So maybe, Which kind maybe he was born of... on air date. Which, well, but here's the interesting thing. And again, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but as people who watch or listen to my shows know, that's just what I'm going to do. And you know that too, as my friend. Mm -hmm. uh, is like, okay, if he ultimately has some sort of greater importance in the grand scheme of whatever mythology this show ultimately has, and I know that right now it's just a cop procedural with androids, but come on. It's a J.J. Abrams show. Eventually, we're going to expand. What if... Time travel in the fifth season. That's no, not rule. time <laughs> travel. Because we had time travel in the fifth season of Fringe, or we moved to the future in the fifth season of Fringe. That's not what I want. And the fifth season of Lost was all time travel. I it's know. It's a J.J. Abrams rule. Oh, wow. No, or it's a J.H. Wyman rule, maybe. But here's what I'm thinking. Whatever triggered the excessive um, expansion of technology and the, the upgrading and like whatever the root of all of that was, if it somehow tied into Kenex's <laughs> history... Our time period now plays an important role. And I know that that's, like, way too far. And, and let us know on the comments what you think about that. But Check back with this podcast in four years. Yeah. And we'll see if Matt's well, what, right. do you th what do you think, Zach? Like, um, am, I, am I completely off base? There's definitely something more that ties him into all of this with the syndicate and everything. Yeah. I don't know if I'd bring it back to the creation of the robots right but, but i mean the robots aren't ultimate the androids sorry the androids aren't ultimately the issue here yeah i so, i mean his big tie i think to the 
the synthetics, mm-hmm. or I don't know if that's a slur. Whoa, I whoa. Know, can I say that? Hey, man, this is a family show. We don't say that right, here. Right. The <laughs> S words. Yeah. Um, we don't say the S word on the, this show. The androids. Um, it's basically iRobot. Yeah. Like, it felt whole very show is iRobot. iRobot. He's, he's a cop. He's got one piece one of him. limb. In this case, the leg and not an arm, just to differentiate. Yeah. But he's been replaced with, but he's resistant to it. He's resistant to androids, and he's going to have to bring down a bigger thing. Maybe the synthetics are all some big AI that is trying to take us all down. Maybe. I, I mean, we're way far away from that. <laughs> I think it would be very interesting if the syndicate was ultimately ruled by an artificial intelligence. Um, but I'm not sure that that's the point that the show is trying to make. And, like,. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think that it's ultimately this allegory about uh, classism and racism and classism. I mean, uh, well, if you look at one of my favorite shots, or yeah. favorite moments in the whole two episodes, and it's only like a split second on the screen, is this wide shot that you see of the city. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look really closely, the city is completely divided by a wall. They never go. They don't go into it. I imagine they will. But the city's divided by a wall, and you can see the bright, futuristic side by the water. Yeah. And then on the other side, all the gritty, urban, like, stuff that hasn't been replaced and rebuilt. And that just sets the feel for the whole show. That totally. Divided. They don't go into it. But it's the, I had to pause and go back to see if it was really there. But it's really cool. Go take a look if you get a chance. Yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely right on the money. Because in the first two episodes, we haven't even gone there, really. So the question is... You know, like how I, I think we're ultimately leading up to some kind of class war or it, it's just going to be about if things go, continue to go the way that they're going today in terms of uh, technology becoming far more accessible mm-hmm. and advancing rapidly and the division between our social classes being more and more apparent um, as the top 1% get all the money and more and more people fall into yep. poverty. I feel like the creators of this show really have a clear idea in mind of the kind of future they're trying to make. You know, some reviewers, I feel like they've been saying, oh, it's, it's, they're, they're stealing from, from the best, but they are stealing like, you know, Blade Runner and stuff like that. I'm like, no, I feel like they really tried to take a, if this, then what approach about like, what would our future look like? Maybe not in 35 years. I would say it might take a little bit longer to get this advanced, but we're not heading down the most hopeful road. Yeah, I mean, I, I joke about iRobot and them taking it, but stealing from Asimov, you might as well steal from the best. Yeah. Um, and what they've done with this show is really cool. It it does feel like we could get here in It's not years. implausible. Yeah. Yeah. With a couple of little sci-fi jumps, like artificial <laughs> intelligence and all that. Yeah. Um, but what I really feel like the show is, is showing us is, is really it's – about seg- it's about segregation when it comes down to it. Like, totally. If it's a, almost as if with AI, if you treat it like it's another species, not just like a tool we've invented, and that's sort of the balance that they're playing with. It's like, are these tools, or have we created life? We created a new subspecies of humans that is completely new, and we have to respect the way that we respect other human beings. Absolutely, and we're going to get way more into that when we get into Dorian later on in the show. Uh, I want to talk really quickly about. The Syndicate, we've talked a bit about the world, so now we've got Kenix, who's haunted by this experience. He got his partner killed, got his men killed. People in the police department don't necessarily trust him. Uh, Detective Stahl thinks he's okay. The captain thinks he's okay, played by Lily Taylor. Um, Or she's like, you're the only person I can trust 
in in this office. So I'm wondering how deep this syndicate corruption may run. I mean, our obvious first first contender for like, okay, you, your syndicate is like is douchey comment detective, which I didn't take the time to learn his name because he's just basically douchey comment detective. I think they only said it once in the two episodes, and I also missed it. <laughs> he just well, it's just like on every show they give you just a guy to hate who's just a dick, and he's just a dick. Well, he's like, a dick, so we can be friends with him later. No, we're not going to be friends with him. Like I almost wish that he had reprogrammed his MX to also give out snarky comments to be like his like you know like in the movie The Other Guys, and you've got um uh the Rock and it's like the Rock and Samuel L. Jackson or the other detective <laughs> right, team yeah, yeah. who are just complete douches. To uh to Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, it's the same. It's the same garbage. I, I'm. <laughs> well, that's that's something we'll have to see. Like, do the MXs take on any form of personality? They seem to have some kind of like a snark when they just like snap at you, and they're like, "Are you going to go with stay with your partner? Okay, then." And then they leave. Maybe that's just basic logic programming. I feel like they do have a little a little bit of snideness. His want his MX partner before he threw him out of a car. Um, was kind of snarky, or no? The guy who caught him leaving, uh, leaving the the memory, the Total Recall guys' place. The guy with the Total Recall they're, machine. They're basically only snarky around Kenix because that one like, comments yeah. on the fact that he's there, and then the one that he's given as a partner like waits a little while and then makes a note that he knows that he didn't have any noodle breath. Yeah. Well, no, it's. It's not that it's only Kenix that they're snarky to, but he's the only one who gives them all attitude and, like, you know, is evident with his hatred for them and he just doesn't like them at all. Which begs the question, Dorian consents and really brings up when he feels like, you know, you're offending me. You're treating me like a hunk of metal. Yes, I am made of metal, but I am also a person. MXs don't quite have that same way of processing information, but do you think they understand when they're being insulted, or can they feel insulted? I don't know. They're kind. Of, it seems like they're just programmed to do what they're told to do and not question. It's almost like you've taken like a person that you have as your possession, and you've got you've like beat them down to the point where they will listen to you no right. matter what. You've scooped their soul out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they talk about they have it in uh, it's called the the synthetic soul the synthetic that Dorian soul. has, yeah. And they they took that part of the program out yeah. for the MXs. And I, it makes me wonder if other DRN type uh, androids actually did go crazy, as everyone keeps reminding us, or if they were just fighting for their own independence, or like realized how horrible their life was and tried to get. Uh, gain any kind of independence or governance of their lives or like they realize you know we're a we're a people we should be treated as people and then the humans pushed back yeah well i mean it's what's your definition of crazy this a, a robot asking for its rights yeah it's a lot of people probably sounds crazy i know it probably it, like that's the thing is like we're we were talking a little bit about slavery and you know like Oh, back back in 200, 300 years ago, it would have been crazy for – it was crazy – like, white people thought it was crazy, you know, that black people wanted to have rights or that they even deserved them. Then they used the, the Bible to prop that up. Um, yeah. And I just defended everyone. <laughs> Please don't Once, kill me. Once. Please don't flame me. Goodbye. Anyway, um, let's talk about the syndicate. Matt changes topics. Very, very subtly 
uh, just really quickly because it's probably going to play into the whole arc of the first season and potentially further. Yeah. We've got this criminal syndicate. We don't know much about them other than they've been getting uh, this this uh, DNA, this artificial DNA, digital DNA. What was it? What was it? I I had it. The programmable DNA. Programmable DNA. Um, and we're not entirely sure what it's for. What this woman has to do with it. Um, our poor dead detective. Uh, apparently was the one who who stole this android, and we don't know much be- uh, beyond that. Hopefully, we'll find out more about it soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's an accident that the second episode skin is about creating robots that are at part human. Yeah, and programmable DNA is like a big part of this. Like they, I think the syndicate might be trying to build some kind of maybe they're maybe it's somebody's trying to live forever kind of thing. Totally. Where they're if like where do you it's a it's a big, another big thing with artificial intelligence and like robot robotics where do you draw the line between what's human and what's a robot if you're 50 percent human are you still human if you're 51 percent human but your brain is still human and then once you replace that piece of you and it's like all that those big questions so maybe there's some mob boss who wants to live forever who's wants to get programmable dna and he wants to get put into the body of a hot lady yeah or it's just a lady (laughs) or it's just a lady mob boss who wants to be in the body of a hot lady girlfriend lady mob boss maybe (laughs) um yeah we also got the like strange reveal that his ex-girlfriend was in the syndicate and he deleted the video of her so we don't know much about their history i'm sure we'll find out more about that uh, before we move on, really quickly, I just want to talk about iTunes. Folks, uh, if this is your first after show, welcome. If you have watched other shows before, uh, especially ones that I've been on, uh, you know that we are on iTunes. We are on YouTube. We are on, I think, the Stitcher Radio as well. Uh, but we need your help. We do this show for free. No one, uh, Zach and I aren't paid to do this show. We do it because we love talking about TV. We really like Almost Human. We want to talk to you about Almost Human and have you listen to it. One thing you can do if you like our great free programming here at AfterBuzz TV is to go on the iTunes, slap us with a five-star rating, let us know how much you're liking the show. Do you like Almost Human? Do you like us? What uh, what could we be doing better? What How can we service you better? Service you better like one of those skin jobs in the second episode. Not like that. But uh, how can we keep you entertained and keep you informed about the show Almost Human? So head to iTunes. Slap us with a rating. It keeps us searchable. lets our bosses know that we're doing a good job. Uh, if you don't have iTunes, what you can do that would really help us out, send us an email. Send us an email, info at afterbuzztv.com, maybe with the subject line, almost human, but pretty great. Not that, but something like it. Uh, or hit us up on the YouTube comments. I tried to respond to as many comments as possible, and I'm sure Zach will do the same, or tweet at us. Uh, let's all just talk about this great show and enjoy the first season. Okay. Enough self-plugging out of the way. Let's talk about more about the second episode, uh, and we as and also talk a little bit more about Dorian. So we we get to know him over the course of these first two episodes. I really like Michael Ely. He's someone who's popped out to me for like the last few years. The first show I no- noticed him on was Flash Forward. Um, where this is my first real experience with him. Like I watched like I think three episodes of Flash Forward and mm-hmm. then forgot. <laughs> 
yeah, that show had its had its moments, um, but ultimately ultimately wasn't perfect. He was one of the things that stood out to me on it. He was um, a recurring character who like didn't trust one of our leads, but like ultimately was like really good and icy. And I've always liked him, and I like his take on Dorian. You know, he's he's sweet but snarky. He's got this knowing smile all the time. He's he has this uh, that robotic coldness that like seamlessly transitioned into those moments in of emotional yeah like, but it's like there's like but then he goes right back to cold and flat which is perfect for what this character is and what we're dealing with with artificial intelligence it's a layered performance i love that bit where he was like um it was actually 86 point something 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 uh something percent but i have a colloquialism sensor that helps me translate things into more conversational topics man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just just like oddly placed man that just made that feel perfect for me. It's like well, it's like where do you explain the pro? How much is he gonna be explaining why he does certain things the way he does them? Yeah, it, it in this case it's programming that he is fully aware of. Yeah, well, it was it was a, it was a deft way to give that information. He's very smart. He know he knew exactly how long he had been out, and he can feel. He was designed to feel, which makes him unique. Out of, I don't know if there are any other DRNs left in the world. He's the last one, apparently. I imagine we'll find at least one at some point. Totally. Somewhere. One that had gone crazy and now is hiding secretly in a basement somewhere, <laughs> waiting for his moment. In some medical experiment lab. Oh, in totally. The basement of the Ukraine. Do you think all DRNs look the same? Oh, that's a good question. There seem to be like three models of MXs running right. around. Right. There's like three models of, M of MXs and like... <laughs> Again, going back to, like, segregation and, and racism that's, like, running through this show as a theme, not as a mistake. Like, and we'll, let's, let's, you know what, let's talk about that. Because, like, I just said, do you think all DRNs look the same? And I imagine that's a question that would prop up in this actual world and be actually very unsavory. Like, dude, did you really just say that? You, say, you think all DRNs look the same? What's wrong with you? Yeah, well, I mean... thought I raised you better, Julius. <laughs> that's that's your name in this world. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good name. Um, I, I mean, I think when you... A lot of times when you see it, like, if, going back to iRobot as the example, they're, like, this white, bland... Apple. Yeah. Or it, Apple circa 2003. Yeah. It's something like that that you can see and you're just used to everyone being the same with, like, a little color streak or whatever to customize it. Yeah. But in this case, when they look basically human, um, you got to imagine that they would variate, like, variate sure. them. Well, like the like the prostitutes. Yeah. Well, everybody's got their what they want. Sure. Um, but, I mean, the, 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 what I thought was really, like, uh, to make, it made me take a step back when I was getting ready to watch this show and everything. Basically, what you've got here is, yeah. boil it down, you've got a white guy who doesn't own Dorian, but is his master. He can, he at least in his mind, can tell him to turn off, or he thinks that he can, because yeah. that's what you can do with the MXs, which like feels a little less racist because they're white. But it's still, if if androids are another form of life, it's messed up, and it basically is servitude. We don't know how Dorian feels about being partnered with Kenix yet. He likes him well enough; like he can sense his. He can sense his issues, and he knows that he that Kenix doesn't entirely trust him yet. But Dorian, more than anything, he wants to be a cop, so he's willing to put up with it for now. 
Yeah. And that I thought was like a great moment that he wants to be something. Right. He wants to be a cop. It's not that yeah, I think he was originally they said he was programmed for space repairs of some kind. Like mm-hmm. he was being he was supposed to go to NASA. Well, he was supposed to go to NASA to be decommissioned because some of his parts are more wor- are worth more than a DRN because people think DRNs are defective. Right. Yeah. Um, but just the, like the concept that he could want something says so much about what they're going to do with this character. Like he has wants and desires. He's not a machine. Absolutely. And again, like it, I know they're not stealing, but it goes back to Bicentennial Man, which is a movie that I absolutely adore. Um, and, you know, it's it's this guy who he has wants, he has desires, he has an identity. He's still figuring life out. I don't think he was really given much of a shot at it the first time around. And he's stumbled upon the situation where he gets to do good and help people. And that makes him feel good, which is amazing. It's amazing that he knows what makes him feel good and he can feel it and he can do something that makes a difference. Absolutely. Um, they, they, at the beginning, they say, like, he's – at some point, they say he's special. Like, this DRN is special. Yeah. And they don't really go into it. So I'm, I was wondering, like, what does that mean? Like, did they – is there something different about him? Is he built a different way? Is he, like – well, I'm kind of curious because Rudy, played by Mackenzie Crook, who's the uh, British guy that they he gets Dorian from, it's never they never really go into exactly who he is or like what role he plays with the police department. Like, does he build androids for the police or is he like this just you know back alley android salesman? When we first met him, I thought that. Kennex had gone behind the police commissioner's behind back their back for a to long get time. another one. I was like, that's weird that he can just walk in and like, hey, I got a new one. Don't worry about where I got it. It's a yeah. different model and all that. And then we find out later that it was he was assigned him for a reason, right? Because there were just no other MXs left at the moment. Yeah, Captain Maldonado, played by Lily Taylor. Yes. She, uh, she. She made sure that this guy got Dorian. She knew that there was a reason there. So what is it about him that's special? Um, I don't know. Well, they say that he got him because because there were no MXs left. I don't know that him being special had anything to do with it. The question – I'm very curious as to what makes Dorian special, and I'm sure we'll learn more about that than when we meet the first other DRN somewhere down the road. Because um, in order to compare, we have to see another one. Right. But um, he was he was a funny, interesting character. I've always liked Mackenzie Crook. Uh, you know, you may know him from the Pirates movies. You may re- remember him from the British Office, which like is crazy that that's like ten years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, I I want to know more about him. He's kind of just a source of comedy for right now. I like his little lair set. Um, but uh, let's let's get with make with the backstory. Yeah, J. but with, with a lot of these characters that are at first they're just comic relief. Right, they, they get the most room to play, and then they can make them super dark or dramatic or wherever direction they need to go. Yeah, because right now we don't know a lot about him. No, we don't know a lot about him. We don't know anything about Captain Maldonado. We don't know anything about Detective Stall. We don't know anything about Douche Comment Guy. Um, oh, Detective Stall. Yes, Detective Stall. Who, like, okay, let's let's talk about this. We were talking before the show, and why on earth are you trying to rush the uh, romance, the inevitable romance between the hottest male star, so the main fast. star of the cast, and the hottest female star of the cast together? 
the second episode we're bringing it up? Uh, not just bringing it up, but, like, hitting you in the face with it. Yeah. It's like, hey, 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 there's going to be romance. There's going to be romance. Stick around. Female audience, don't leave this show. I mean, Dorian just goes to him, like, what's your perfect woman? And, and then he describes someone, and it's like, that's Detective You realize Stahl. that that's Detective Stahl. And I just wanted him to, like, lick his finger and just, like, like chick, <laughs> like, right there in midair um, and be super proud and snarky. Uh, Katie, like a cat, Katie cat. Yeah, the Cattie. way I, yeah, the way I see That's it, the word is, I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way I see it, it's one of two things. Either it's like they felt the need, either from like the network's pressure or just like general audience pressure. They think they need to rush in a romance really quick, or it's so obvious because something else is going to happen with it. That either they're going to get together and then the ex-girlfriend comes back, which could complicate that really quickly. Or Stahl is also working for the syndicate, and she's the one who's in the department who's betraying everyone. That's right. We have a mole or a possible mole. A possible mole in the department or possible moles. So he finally falls for her, and she's another mole for the syndicate working for his ex-girlfriend. And they have scenes where they they dish about him. Uh... (laughs) That's awkward. <laughs> it is awkward, but also it's a scene I haven't seen in a friggin' sci-fi show, and damn it, I want it, because that's fun. I mean, I, it has to be something like that, because yeah. it's too fast of a romance. You can't have the will-they-won't-they they for three episodes. Yeah, you can't, uh, but you can do it for the whole season. I hope that they don't. Um, or Dorian's going to get stalled. Oh, snap. Well, I'm very curious about Dorian falling in love, because I feel like he can. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like he can fall in love, and I'm curious about what that experience would be like for him. The scene where uh, where the robot prostitute with the human DNA is decommissioned. Right, I think it was like Vivian. Or- yeah, something like that. She uh, And he was calling back to the earlier scene where he's talking to Kenex about how do you explain to a child that someone has died. And uh, like what he's feeling in that moment was so very intense. Of just, like, there's nothing I can do about this. And, like, there's part of me that's, like, wired into me that says that nothing about this is wrong, but I know that it's wrong. Yeah, well, it's – this – that one, that the, – the sex bot. Yeah. Or bang bot, I think is what they – Bang they're, they're bots. Their terms, bang oh, bot. Terrible. Gross. Um, gross pro- future. Future <laughs> Gross. Uh, well, they're programmed for one specific reason, and they and like as shown by like when they're trying to like interrogate her and like get information, yeah. she just has this one mode where she just keeps trying to seduce at all times. At all <laughs> times, which like got Rudy all flustered, and like uh, Dorian makes that great comment about Kenick standing in the uh, in the hall of ladies, and he's and like your you, <laughs> your testicles are completely full. I, stop looking at my testicles, oh my Dorian. God. He has a blue ball sensor. He has a blue ball sensor. The future is amazing. We can even tell how full a man's <laughs> testicles are just by magical computer eyes, cyborg eyes. I, Ugh. Why, future? <laughs> because so they could, Matt. Because they could. Well, then maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should back up before we get that far in our own <laughs> technological advancement. 
I mean, when a guy can live tweet someone's breakup from a rooftop in Brooklyn. That was amazing. I know. But I'm just saying, like, we've already, we're, we're getting too far with the invasiveness. I don't want a computer to know how much sperm I have and I mean, it, until I need it. Well, that one was his friend, but just wait till advertisers can get hold of that information. Right? And they know exactly the right moment. Oh, he's got blue balls. Hit him with the advertising. I'm very, very curious to see what happens when this show explores something like that, a topic like that. Or I wonder if the androids at any point, like, and this might not be a story that they ever do, but, like, if if androids are programmed so that advertisers can buy time in their psyche where like they'll just they have to talk about a product for like a full minute a day to a person like oh so, like so they just, sold that piece of their brain they just randomly like you're having a conversation they just stop almost like they have to uh turn to the audience and tell the advertisers like uh, on the truman <laughs> show like on the truman show where she would just be like i love i love nestle quick brand chocolate milk mix <laughs> you know like something like that like, like, that would what, be so creepy who are you talking to I am uh, talking to you, Zachary. I'll just, I'll just let that one go. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, uh, what I, I mean, what I kept hearing during the whole sex bot thing yeah. is like I kept Futurama was just echoing in my brain when they had the "Don't Date Robots" episode. Oh yeah, from and season five. I, I'm just hearing the quote. It's like, but when a human dates a robot, there is no purpose, only enjoyment selfish selfish enjoyment and it's don't date robots and it's like but that's where it's going and the, you have rudy and the uh dick detective whatever his name is douchebag detective um and they're talking about having sex with the robots and yeah. it's like totally this is an accepted norm it's just totally normal it's legal it's just you go and you do it's that's so strange to me it is but then they go into the point that it like they're like sex crimes dropped 30 percent since they introduced sex workers the sex robots that's true so if that's gonna, if you're gonna help people by by having these weird sort of disgusting things out in the world how can you say no? But then here's another question. If these robots have to uh, some level of humanity to a degree, because they have a version of, of Dorian's programming. Yeah. They have a version of Dorian's programming meant to just help them uh, empathize with other people. But if they also have some sort of humanity, then is are they disgusting? They're not disgusting. The people who make them and the people who use them, I feel like are disgusting because they don't really have any free will in it. Unless of course they want to do it. Like Dorian wants to be a cop. The questions are just mind boggling. <laughs> and that's why I was so excited about this show is just like it, the idea of artificial intelligence has always fascinated me. And it's an issue that will, will ultimately come up in our lifetime. Eventually. I mean, they say that we're nowhere uh, like all the people that, design this stuff they're like we're nowhere near an actual conscious ai okay but that's just how that's just what they tell you that's and then skynet say. launches exactly if down. it hasn't launched already um but what i love about the show is that it's set up for like episodes that can just go into everything about that like they introduce this world in like four seconds with the introduction at the beginning with like crime up 400 percent and all that and you can kind of think about where it's going to go 
they don't waste time in the pilot go, trying to go into all the different parts of society and show you, like, the, with that big shot with the wall. Yeah. They don't need to go into it, but they show you, and then they can go into it later. Like, there were flying cars. Not every car flies. A lot of cars still have tires, but they're going by. They're up in the air. And eventually, I imagine, we'll get into that. Yeah, totally. Well, I, ma- I imagine it's only, like, it's only, like, post, like, people sending packages and shipping things or the super rich. I feel yeah. like... Maybe it's reserved for those kinds of people. Or it's like those are police, special police vehicles or some kind. Or they just replaced helicopters. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they're so expensive it costs like what a helicopter costs to have a flying car and you have to have a special license. I mean, that's what I'd imagine. Okay, let's go into speculation predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. You like that, Zach? I do. Yeah. This is Zach's first after show. Everyone give him love. (laughs) Um, If you're not watching this, we have these great funky lights in Studio C that are just totally rad. just adds to the whole thing. Yeah. So, Zach, we talked a lot about the potential of this series and the potential of the world and that we're really excited about it. Um, I watched the show on Hulu, so I did not see the scenes for next week. I don't know if you did. They, They basically just showed next week, and there was a bunch of kids. Okay, so, but so that, and they're like going to play again with the kids thing, and Kenix does not know how to talk to children. He shows them crime scene photos. So these kids are a witness to some kind of crime. No, I think he's just giving them a tour. He's giving them a tour <laughs> of the of the police station. It's it looks like it's a school group okay. trip of some kind. Okay, strange. Um, so we know there's some kind of school group. I think later this season we're definitely going to have this stall Kenix romance. I mean, that's that's un- unstoppable. That's In one happening. form or another. One form or another. And I hope that it takes an interesting route um, rather than something we've seen before. We're going to see more of the syndicate. I'm very, very curious to see where what happens to Dorian this season. Like, it just just by being this, this android who can feel he is infinitely more complex and interesting to me than the majority of characters I'll see on TV this year. Yeah. And like, I have very, very high expectations for his development. So I'm very curious about him. I want to see Kenix, uh, now that he's like telling his dead partner's kid about his partner, uh, you know, maybe letting go of his PTSD a little bit and warming up to Dorian and kind of figuring out where his place is in the world. He was in a coma for two years. Um, so I want to see more of that and, uh, I want to see more syndicate stuff. Yeah. Zach, I mean, what do you think I, I, I love Dorian. And like, just like you said, like, I want to see more about that drama between, uh, artificial intelligence and human beings and where they fall into society. And I think what we're going to see is the syndicate I imagine is either run by some kind of like DRN, like a Dorian yeah, type bot, some or, kind of AI, or it's somebody that uses them almost freely Uh, like it would be really interesting to see a bad guy who treats these people treats the robots just like regular people he doesn't see them as tools so that there's like a good guy with a bad like a bad guy it's a bad guy it's like but right but is he bad like his methods are his methods are bad he's doing doing crime he's killing people but ultimately he's more progressive than the society that he's trying to take down yeah or it could be just a terrible like a, a mob boss that's just running this trying to run this city yeah um you'd see like if he what if he gets control of all the mx's because they're just blind 
followers. Yeah, that would that would be a scary situation. Also out of iRobot, but we <laughs> will uh, we will see later this season. All right, uh, Zach, where can the people find you online? Do you have Twitter? Uh, I'm on Twitter at the kid in the hat. At the kid in the hat. I took it off so I could use the earphones a little bit better, but yeah, but at the yeah. kid in the hat on okay. Twitter. Okay, sweet. Uh, and you can find me at Matt Lieberman on Twitter. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the Sons of Anarchy, Sleepy Hollow, and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after shows. I want to thank Zach. I want to thank Marissa on the ones and twos, our fabulous engineer. Thank you, Marissa. For doing such a great job. Uh, we will see you next week. Please hit us up on the YouTube and on the Twitter. We will see you then. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 